0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Alvin Narcy. Alvin is a successful lifestyle entrepreneur who created a framework to help retail business owners attain more time and freedom by constructing a business that can run on its own. Today, Alvin spends his time coaching other retail entrepreneurs who are looking to construct a business that can help generate profits and sustain a lifestyle ro- rooted in freedom and time. Having bought and sold several pharmacy businesses in Australia over the past 16 years, Alvin knows the difference between working for a living and having a business work for your lifestyle. He shares a strategy today on this episode of the One Big Tip Podcast. This is going to be an excellent conversation today. Alvin, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show.
1: Jeff, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you.
0: So I'm really excited to uh, get to know a little bit about your background. You are originally from Australia, but now you're living in Europe and you were able to successfully make that jump so that you can be location independent and design your own lifestyle and help a lot of people make a good amount of money as well. Tell us a little bit about that and how you became so
1: awesome. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you so much. That's very well said. I really appreciate that. So basically, yes, like you mentioned in the introduction, I used to buy and sell pharmacy-based businesses in Melbourne, Australia. So I so I studied as a pharmacist. So technically I still am a pharmacist and uh, I got into business at a at a pretty young age at about 27, 26 years old. So basically over my little mini career I bought and sold pharmacies and the reason I was able to do, I think pretty well, was I was always working with coaches and mentors from the beginning. And they were very, very instrumental in my little career and building businesses and buying and selling businesses. So I was in the pharmacy game. And as you, all, as you remember, we had this pandemic and it's still hanging around, you know, in some places around the world. And so during the pandemic, pharmacy businesses were going great. You know, it was one of the few businesses that were allowed to be able to trade in Melbourne Australia and of course the whole healthcare aspect as well made it very very lucrative for a pharmacy business owner my wife is from Germany and so you know we made the decision midway through the pandemic that we it was time for us to leave because Melbourne Australia had one of the worst lockdowns in the whole wide world there were some really crazy restrictions that were you know weren't making it fun for us for instance you couldn't leave the house uh, for more than a couple of hours a day at one stage. You couldn't travel more than, you know, five kilometers um, or miles yeah, wherever you are in the world, but it's just getting very, very difficult. So we decided to, uh, to leave. So I sold my pharmacy-based business. Uh, she quit her job. We put a few things into storage, rented out the house, sold the cars, and then that's how we moved to Germany.
0: Amazing. So once you've decided to make that move and, you know, make that jump, uh, what was it like for you in order to maintain some of those businesses or some of those things that you had, that you had your big hand in in Australia in order to help support your move, you know, in order to get into Germany? How did that work out?
1: Absolutely. So I just, I've always been buying and selling my businesses. So I was never really attached to them in any way. And it just so happened, like I mentioned, during the pandemic, uh, you know, business was going really, really great, and you know, the value of pharmacy-based businesses or pharmacy businesses in Australia, anywhere, were pretty high. So it was just really the perfect stream of events with the pandemic happening, the value of the business going up. So I just decided to sell. And the great thing about you know the way I had been trained to run my business businesses was to always optimized for cash flow and profitability, believe it or not. And, you know, because profitability, having a highly profitable business will maximize your sale price when you need to. And as a consequence of that, you, you know, always ensuring that your business runs without you, you've got systems and procedures in place. So when it was time to sell, it was very easy for me to go. Yep. Let's do it. Engage a broker. All my financials were always in order. So it was a very short process and we were able to sell it very, very easily.
0: You know, you talked about uh, about cash flow and profits, and I think that's those are probably two of the most fundamental aspects of running a business, but they can also be, you know, kind of confusing, right? Because, you know, it's one thing to have cash in the bank, right? And, you, you know, you yeah. feel good that you have cash in the bank, but then uh, there's this concept called profit first, right? Where you pay all your expenses, uh, you get all of that out so that you have your profit, you know, all uh, already settled. And yes. what happens is that when you tip to scales to think about it in, in that in that way, it makes it a lot easier for you to plan and, you know, to scale. And I really like how you talked about the, uh, about the processes that you had in place, that it didn't yeah. require you to physically be there.
1: Yes. Talk to
0: me a little bit about how you set up that kind of uh, business from the start. Because, you know, normally, you know, like people think like, okay, I'm going to set up a business. But really what they're doing is that they're setting up a job.
1: Ah, yes. Well said. You know,
0: and when they set up a job, then yeah, you're right. Then you do have to be in front of the computer eight hours a day. You know, whether you're in Bali, whether you're in, uh, whether you're in Germany or back home in Melbourne, you know, it's like you have to do that. So uh, talk to me a little bit about some of the mindset shifts you needed to do in order to make that happen for you. And uh, you know what the consequences of those actions were.
1: Sure. And I'm really glad you said the M word because mindset is the number one thing that you need to consider and i didn't realize this when i was when i had my first business coach uh casey really awesome guy and he sat me down and you know we spoke about this thing called mindset and we we went back to have a look at you know what did i really want out of life you know you mentioned uh, earlier that freedom is one of my you know my biggest values and yeah i to me to be free to have the ability to travel and basically just time to do what i want is super important for me so I think working back from mindset, a lot of business owners sort of don't really understand what they're in business for. And, you know, initially, it, like you said, you know, they're in it for the job, which, which is okay, but a lot of business owners fall into that trap and fail to realize that your business can be a vehicle to be so much more for you and provide for you in your life. So that was the first thing, you know, is getting an understanding of really looking through and trying to figure out what you as a person or in my case me what do I really want out of life and it's really not a discussion that's had any time or really hardly ever when you're a business owner right so I think that's the first thing that I think is super super important is to sit down with someone bounce some ideas but get an understanding of what you want uh, out of life did you want to jump in
0: well I just wanted to say that that's uh you know the those are the kind of things that aren't in school that aren't taught in school, right? Not in that, uh, you, uh, you know, we're taught to, you know, just the basics of, you know, just how to add and subtract. And you think like, oh, yeah, I have $1,000 in my bank account. Boom, you know, my life must be good. And it's like, yeah, it may not be because you have $2,000 in expenses that are coming due in five days. That's a problem, right? Absolutely. And if you're not cognizant of those and you're not trying to figure out, you know, optimizing, you know, each little part of your business, that is, that's a problem. Right. And that's something, and it really takes, you know, that, um, you know, that mindset of getting out of being that technician for that's going to be in your business. And, you know, the one who's making things happen and pulling all the levers and telling people what to do to just trusting your team and pushing it out there so that they can go and make decisions on their own. And you just go and supervise and make sure that they have the resources that they need.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Michael Gerber from the E-Myth, he said this really, really well, and he articulated it really, really well, as I'm sure you've read the book. But, you know, most of us are technicians. I'm a technician. I'm a pharmacist by trade, right? So, you know, our tendency is to do what we love, the technician side of things, which is, you know, in my case, talking to patients, et cetera, you know. But um, really, once you sort of understand that the business can provide for you and, you know, once you get an understanding of your values, so you really know what you want, you know, or you have some inkling of an idea, you can then start to work backwards and start to create the systems and procedures that you need to put in place so effectively you the business owner can really start working on the big picture stuff you know stuff like you know let's start looking at growth collaboration just basically top level stuff that you can start to grow your business um without being in the day-to-day and you know it takes a bit of time to get there first of all is that letting go part right where you, the technician, you've got to realize that, you know, if you want to go to that level, you're going to have to start delegating. But even before we get to delegating, there's this whole process of understanding, well, what's really involved in what I'm doing on a daily basis? And you've got to go through that fun task of, you know, basically what I call a, um, basically just writing down everything that you do. We, we do a time dump. And so we can figure out what excites us, what energizes us, and what doesn't. So then we can then start to look at ways that we can offload some of those tasks by creating systems, you know, and you know, in the retail game, it's really important to you know, most business owners put on all hats, as you know, and in, in our retail game, we're going to look at, okay, what's an assistant supposed to do, then what can a manager do and really identifying all their tasks. And, it, you know, it involves going granular because, you know, you really want to make sure you try and get it right. And it's going to be an evolving process. You're not going to nail it the first time, but it's going to be part of that process of constant improvement. So, you know, once, once you nail that, then you can really start working on the fun stuff, you know, and that's where I see in working with clients and the same thing happened to me, a whole new world opens up because now you're looking at, okay, this is a bit of fun. What, what can I do to get more clients to the door? How else can I serve my clients? Um, What other value can I provide to my clients? You know, and that's a different perspective of thinking than how can I just get the sale and continue to get the sale? But, you know, you, you open yourself up and you open your business up to a whole realm of possibilities. So it's super exciting uh, when as a retail business owner, you know, you can start traveling that journey.
0: You know, I wanted to ask you, what, mm. are, what kind of differences are there in systematizing a retail business where tangible items are are bought and sold versus an intangible business like a digital marketing agency that doesn't provide you know, like anything physical that gets mailed to someone's house. Where do you see some of the key differences in making a retail business work versus, say, an agency business work?
1: Absolutely. Great question. And I think you touched on this earlier. I think the fundamentals are the same, right? You talk about cash flow and profitability, the fundamentals are the same. So when it comes to a retail business versus a digital agency kind of thing, I think the fundamentals are the same. And you just got to, so first of all is understanding what each role a person or an individual has in your business, and then from there it's making sure that we are writing everything down. We're understanding what each person is doing. Um, but from a retail sense, really, it's just procedures and systems. You might on on the retail floor you might train someone to sell perhaps or provide them extra customer service skills, which you may not necessarily do in a digital agency. But other than that, really, there isn't that much difference. I think the The main process is identifying what what needs to be done and articulating it in a way that can be followed, hopefully, by anyone and constantly improving it. So, you know, it's it's fundamentals, Jeff.
0: Well, let me ask you this then. Uh, When you're coaching somebody who has an up-and-coming business and, you know, you you need that, you understand very clearly that they need to get those systems in place and they need to be able to automate stuff as much as possible. Mm. Uh, uh, Tell us a little bit about a you know maybe a case study of someone who came into your sphere and you were able to help them turn around from point a and get all the way to point z and be incredibly more profitable than they were before yeah what does that look like?
1: yeah what does that look like great question uh i'll give you just a, a basic overview so the first thing we do uh i usually always do is uh understand that mindset piece so we all have different goals we all want different things out of life and quite often when a retail business owner comes to me, um, we they really have no idea what they want out of life. So that's the first discussion that we have um, is to understand what their values are, what they want out of life. What do they really want this business to provide? Like I mentioned before. The next step, we work on the fundamentals, right? And you know what, what I walk through my clients with is not rocket science. Like you mentioned, it is the fundamentals. And I believe the fundamentals are. Most businesses, and especially a retail-based business, is to understand the visibility of the numbers in your business. So most business owners, we haven't been taught or we don't really know how to understand the numbers in our business. So that's the first thing that we look at. The second thing that we look at is we start to flush their bank account with cash. So there's some really simple cash management tips um, that we go through, cash management systems, I beg your pardon, that I go through with the business owner you know, and it's more an awareness component and just some specific strategies. And the third component is really honing in for profit. Like you mentioned before, I use a version of the profit first system, but it's just really understanding what are the main profit drivers in our business. And one of the key things that I get my retail business owners to look at is uh, pricing. You know, pricing is one of these things in retail which can be very very fragile and especially in the current retail market there's quite a lot of discounting amongst you know most businesses and this is race to the bottom of discounting so you know I work through with my clients a process on how we can start to raise our margins in a really simple way but in a way that doesn't affect uh, the rest of their business so I think that's really really important so I work on those three areas of the business but really the main thing is the mindset, which everybody is so unexpected when that's where we start, because, you know, I talk about the pain points of cash flow and profitability, which is where most people come to me. But really, we we do that first mindset piece, like you said, and, you know, and that really blows their mind.
0: You know, I was sitting next to a guy in an airplane a couple of weeks ago, and he's showing me this. Um, it was really like a, it looked like a dog whistle, right? Uh-huh. But really what it was for was uh, was to help you control your breathing, yes. right? So as you're, blo- as you're breathing in and out of it, so that you breathe slower and like you just be more in the moment, right? Yes. Now, you can buy this on Amazon for, te- for $12, $15,
1: uh-huh. right?
0: But he's showing me how he's now repping a company because he's this TikTok guy,
1: right? Okay.
0: Right. And, the, you know, this company that is selling the exact same item you know, for, you know, for 89, for 89, hundred dollars a piece. Right. And they're paying him over a thousand dollars to do one mention on a TikTok. Yep. Right. And I was looking at that like, okay, first of all, this thing doesn't speak to me, not at $11 and not at $90. Right. And second of all, it's like, well, you know, that's, that's a lot of cash to be throwing around. Right. You totally. know, think about it, you know, they have to sell 10 of these to make the TikToker guy worth it. I just forget about all those economics. Right. Mm. My question is, sometimes when you're talking about pricing, you also need to be talking about positioning and branding, right? Because, you know, you can sell a really crappy bottle of wine, put a nice label on it, and lo and behold, you know, it's now, you know, it's now chic to drink it, right? How How do you help people through that? You know, figuring out like, hey, you know, you may have something that you have been undervaluing brand wise that you could really raise the price if you just position it correctly
1: correct so i'll touch on that so that's positioning and branding you mentioned that really really well and what i think uh it ultimately boils down to based on the positioning and branding like you mentioned is the value that you're going to provide to your ideal client slash customer right so i'm sure in your case uh that little device to help you breathe using the TikTok influencer, they are appealing to a certain demographic. And so I think this is really, really important when it comes to pricing is to really understand who your ide- you know, it's the basics, Jeff, right? Who your ideal customer is and who are we targeting and chasing? And then what value can we provide to the client or customer with that as well? And so the pricing is a function of that. So once we understand all those metrics, um, we can start to understand how we can how we can price our products and services you know there are going to be some things especially in the retail market that are branded and known what we call uh, KVIs, known value items in the marketplace where everybody knows uh, the price of something and you're probably not going to be able to compete on that but there are going to be other products and services that you're going to have in your business which are severely undercharging and we can raise the margins, Uh, of those particular products and services and also show the value added benefit to the client as well. And that's where we need to find our sweet spot. And that's probably where our little TikTok friend, our TikTok friend has, you know, the company have realized that, you know, using an influencer who appeals to a certain demographic who are probably not as price conscious, um, we can play that game in that space there and have ridiculous margins. It sounds like it.
0: Yeah, that was really the thing when, you know, like when he was demonstrating this to me, I was... I'm like, come on, you know, at yeah. first, you know, like my negative mind just goes like, no, this can't be right. And then he goes and he shows me the contract, mm. right? And uh, You know, it's like, you, you know, the part where it's like, show me the money, right? And then, yeah. then he shows me the money wow. and I'm like, dude, like, and you only have like 40 TikTok videos and like that, the, the people are throwing thousand dollar contracts your way. I, I It totally blew me away. And this is just the guy I'm sitting next to on an airplane, right? Okay. While I'm trying to get some stuff done, you know, yeah. and I think awesome. one of those, um, I, I, you know, what I took away from that whole story was, you know, there's, there's enough business for everybody. Right. And there's more than enough opportunity, you know, for everyone as well. You know, just think outside of the box, you know, people were, you know, famously, at least least here in the U S people were selling pet rocks, you know, back in the day and
1: yeah,
0: rocks. Right. I know. (laughs) It's like, you know, but they put it on a TV commercial and lo and behold, you have something special. So I love talking about stuff like that. You know, it's always fun to, it's always fun to break those, you know, to break apart those business plans and just try to build it up again and see if you can actually make something of it. Yes.
1: And I want to touch on that. It's a great point. You said there is a piece of the pie for everyone. And so, you know, once you've got your mindset and you're moving away from your scarcity mindset and you really, truly understand yourself and the value you can provide to the marketplace, you know, everything just opens up. So I I must say it's really commendable to this company that have got this device that they've clearly thought outside the box and, um, you know, and truly believe in themselves. And that's awesome. I like that. Good story. Exactly.
0: (laughs) uh, Alvin, do me a favor. Tell me, uh, tell everyone how they can learn more about you, how they can learn more about uh, your business and how you can serve and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So you can find me across all the social media platforms. LinkedIn is probably the place for retail business owners. I post a lot of content on LinkedIn, uh, lots of tips and strategies. And so you just search for me, Alvin Nasi. send me a message, tell me you heard me here or you can interact with one of my posts. And yeah, I'd love to continue the conversation and uh, with you.
0: Amazing, amazing stuff. Alvin, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love nerding out on this and I really appreciate you taking the time to uh,
1: break this down for us. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. It was really good fun. I really enjoyed myself.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip Podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk.